Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I am joined, as always, by producers G. Hey Wiley and Armani Buckus. How are we doing on this glorious Monday? I mean, you know it can't get any better with the Rams win. It can't get any better. What a wonderful weekend. Incredible. What an incredible weekend of sports, exactly, Jihei. I mean, all four games coming down to the wire in football, a couple good NBA games, just a remarkable weekend of sports. No, it was amazing. I mean, so much to get into, but we do have to talk about the amazing divisional round playoff game, the Rams defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It really shouldn't have come down to the wire, but what an amazing game it was. The Rams defeating Tampa Bay 30-27. to um, Of course, everyone thought this game was over early. The Rams taking a 27-3 to lead uh, late in the third quarter. Had a little bit of Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots vibe there where, uh, you know, back in that Super Bowl, the, uh, the uh, Falcons took a 28-3 to lead. Blew that. Thankfully, the Rams did not blow this one. They tied it. Tampa Bay did tie it up 27 to 27. And then Matthew Stafford got the ball back and really showed you why the Rams made that trade for Matthew Stafford. Again, no knock on Jared Goff. We do have to remember he was the quarterback the last time the Rams got to the Super Bowl. But you make that trade for Matthew Stafford for moments like this because Matthew Stafford is the kind of quarterback that's going to lead you down in just a matter of seconds to get a game-winning field goal. And now we have the rematch that I was really hoping that we were going to get. And because I did not think realistically just going off of the way that these two teams have played, just going off of the way that the Rams looked at Green Bay the last couple of years, I didn't know um, if the Rams could go into Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra, late January, win that game. However, what we do have now is the NFC Championship game will be played at SoFi Stadium on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. The big storyline there, of course, is that the 49ers have defeated the Rams the last six times they have played them, including the last time, the last game of the regular season, where the Rams had a 17-0 lead in the first half, blew that. And really, the storyline coming out of that game was the number of San Francisco fans in the crowd. That is expected to happen again on Sunday. The cheapest ticket for the game is over $700. Again, that is just to get your feet inside of SoFi uh, is about $700. The cheapest parking passes. And again, a lot of the parking passes and a lot of the parking lots are already gone because the National Football League moved in effectively once the Rams season, once their last home regular season game to begin preparations for the Super Bowl. So a lot of the parking lots are already gone. The, the cheapest parking pass you're going to get is at Hollywood Park Casino, and that's over $200. I mean, the uh, prices for uh, tickets and parking for this game are through the roof, and that leads a lot of people, including some of the ticket brokers I've talked to, to say, hey, listen, those are 49ers fans who are paying those costs. Why? Because those are hardcore, diehard fans. It is really hard 
um, after six years. Again, the Rams have moved moved back here six years ago. Um, so I, they are growing a fan base here. There's a ton of people who became fans as soon as they moved here or they became fans the last time they made a run for the Super Bowl or they've become fans for this current run. But these are short – when I say short-term fans, I mean th these are fans who have become fans like over the past six years. And uh, it's really hard to compete against an established fan base that has been there for 76 years, like the 49ers. Uh, you know, they, they, they remember Joe Montana and Steve Young and, and Jerry Rice and John Taylor and those teams. I mean, that's a part of their blood. That's a part of their history. So those are the, those are the fan bases that are paying $700 for the cheapest ticket. So let's first talk about the game. Let's first talk about the Rams, Tampa Bay Bucks. I said it, Jihei and Armani, we talked about it. The way the Rams are going to win this game is pressuring Tom Brady, and that's exactly what they did. They pressured him more than he's been pressured all season. In fact, they talked about it on the broadcast. The last time Tom Brady felt that kind of pressure was week three against the Rams. They have figured out a way to get to Tom Brady, and because they did that, they bloodied his lip, and that was hilarious that he got a unsportsmanlike conduct for complaining at the official for saying, look, look, look at my bloody lip, look at my bloody lip. And so they got to Tom Brady. They took a big leap, but what you can have happen in a game like this, certainly in the playoffs, is allow Tom Brady to stay in that game, and they did. They fumbled on the one-yard line right before halftime. They had a big, terrible turnover uh, where, you know, that like the worst kind of fumble you can have is a shotgun snap like that where the ball gets, uh, you know, uh, gets, gets shot back 50 yards and you take that loss. Um, they also had a, a field goal that was short from 47. I don't think we've ever seen something like that. You can shank it left, you can shank it right, but to, to have a field goal fall short from 47 yards, that's crazy. Um, just a lot of crazy things happened in this one to keep Tampa Bay in that game. Rams found a way to win late but guys your thoughts on this game because it was i mean again wildest divisional weekend we've seen in a long long time all the games coming down to the wire this one was crazy yeah i this was insane just the comeback yeah. right i think you saw it in brady's eyes after that unsportsmanlike conduct and after him complaining about his bloody lip that he's like i'm not going out without a fight so yeah that definitely um added a little bit more drama to the to the game but in the end i you said this earlier arash i thought it was going to be another atlanta uh pa patriot situation where they were going to come back and then no offense to uh, mcveigh but mcveigh might have biffed it in the end or something like that um on certain play calls but it didn't happen thank god um but we got to give homage and pay respect to cooper cup and his ability yeah. to get open i mean that at, towards the end, in the end, to get into that field goal range position was incredible. The athleticism, the just wherewithal to be able to get open is just something that you're, you're not born with that. You know, it's like, I, I think that, I mean, maybe you are born with it, but like he just has that ability to be able to get open. And that's just something that, you know, the Rams should just be so blessed and so happy about, and I'm sure they are. Um, yeah, that game, ups and downs, talked to tons of Rams fans. Obviously, I was surrounded by Rams fans when I was watching that game. And they were just, you know, first ecstatic, then, because I'm thinking it's going to be a blowout, right, because of that 27-3 lead. And then, you know, the highs and the lows of that game, I think just the emotion of that game was just insane. So, uh, yeah, kudos to 
the Rams for, you know, keeping it tight and still that defense, I told you, if that defense can show up, that defense can do can be a Super Bowl contender. And I like I I'm just hoping that that's the case uh, this Sunday against the Niners. By the way, Jihei, for a moment, and not only for a moment, for three quarters, you were right, because I thought you were out of your mind. You said the Rams were not only going to win on Sunday, they were going to blow out the Tampa Bay Bucks. Of course, it didn't happen at the end, but 27-3, to Jihei, 27-3 to in the third quarter. I'm watching that game saying, Jihei, Wiley is Nostradamus, and I hope that she put some money on this game because she's right, but uh, now I really hope that you did not because, again, uh, well, no, listen, if you bet the Rams, the Rams did did win, but it came right down to the end, another last-second field goal, and again, the Rams are going to be playing San Francisco because that game came down to a last-second field goal, and then the First game of yesterday, Cincinnati winning their first road game. That's crazy to me. I thought back in the day, at least Cincinnati may have won one road playoff game. That was not the case. This weekend, Saturday, was the very first Cincinnati Bengals road playoff win. They are going to the championship game for the first time since 1988. So we got Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs. And you want to talk about another crazy, wacky game. This may have been the game of the weekend. Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, just an absolute shootout there in Kansas City. I would have, you know, listen, I, I was hoping for some new new blood in the uh, Super Bowl. So it would have been fun to see the Bills again get back for the first time since they went to four Super Bowls back in the 1990s. So it'll be Chiefs and the Bengals. And then the uh, the late game on Sunday, the, the NFC Championship game, 3.30 p.m. kickoff at SoFi Stadium will be Rams in San Francisco. Now, listen, Garmani uh, uh, Buckets is a guy who was a big Chicago Bears fan, kind of out on the Bears, kind of out on the National Football League. Buckets, if you watch these games this weekend and you are not still a fan of the National Football League, I don't know what to tell you. Did you watch these games this weekend? Besides the Bengals game, yes, I did. And, you know, Arash, the the Rams game, what frustrates me with with the NFL and with coaches is that Tom Brady is making this marvelous comeback, which, by the way, I don't know how you guys felt, but I definitely thought that at the end there, the Bucs were going to pull it out. I really thought thought it was over. But the thing is, when you have the ball at, like, the 20-yard line and you're 20 yards away from – from tying the game, why not let the clock be your friend and why not let it run all the way down and not give Matthew Stafford the ball back? And it's not like you have some inexperienced quarterback. You have the greatest quarterback of all time and you're just like giving the Rams, I, I don't know how much time exactly, I think it was around 40 seconds yeah. to, to make a play to win the game. And how many times do we see this? We saw it with Mahomes, 13 seconds and it doesn't matter with with those quarterbacks with with that kind of arm you want to leave as little time on the clock as possible and it's like these coaches they don't learn it's 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 mind-boggling to me because i think if you go to overtime in that game the bucks find a way to win whether it's whether they win the coin toss or not i think that they win that game but kudos to the rams because winning a game like that when a team has and against Tom Brady when he has all the momentum in the world that if you if you can see a win like that I don't see why you can't then beat a team like San Francisco who seems to have your number you just literally took 
a win away from the goat's hands. And now I feel like San Francisco becomes a little bit more manageable. Yeah, and the uh, first line for this game um, is uh, already uh, – come out it's moved a little bit uh, the rams opening up as four point favorites in this game um listen at some point in time when you've had a team beat you six six, six straight times it that that has to flip now i'm not saying that it, it, it's for sure gonna flip on sunday but the rams have been for this season one of the top five teams in the league so this is not a situation where the rams can't win this game or that the 49ers for sure have their number and it, it the rams were favored to win the last game that they played it was the last game of the regular season it was at sofi stadium they had a 17 to nothing lead and they blew it not only did they have a 17 to nothing lead they had the lead with less than 60 seconds left in regulation the 49ers took it to OT and won that game. And now it comes down to this. And now it comes down to, listen, if you, if you want to sweep the season series the last three years, if you want to beat us two times this year, if you want to come back and beat us um, in the last game of the season where you have all your fans at SoFi, great. But this is the game that really matters. This is not a regular season game. This is a, not a game that, that, that is going to uh, you know, say who's number one in the division. This is for a right to go to the Super Bowl. And for the Rams, it is everything. For the Rams, this is why they made the trade for Matthew Stafford. They went all in with the sighting of Odell Beckham Jr., with the trade for Von Miller. They did all these things. Why? Because the Rams want to play in the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. This is not some kind of long-term goal where at some point in time the Rams want to play in the Super Bowl and they want to win a Super Bowl. The significance of A, first of all, by the way, hosting the NFC Championship game is big. But they want to play in the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. And again, Tampa Bay became the first team in the history of the Super Bowl to play a home Super Bowl game. It was a little tainted in the way, the, the reason that, that I say tainted, it was still a reduced capacity crowd. It was still in front of, let's just say, 20,000 people. It wasn't the same. This would be the first true Super Bowl where the home team plays in front of a sold-out capacity crowd. Now, how many Rams fans show up to that game? I'm not sure. The big storyline, guys, uh, this, this weekend, going into the game on Sunday, is how many Rams fans show up. And here's why I really push back on that showing how many fans they have in Los Angeles. And, hey, you can speak to this Um you know, you work at a bar and you see the number of fans that come in and out. I do think the Rams fans are growing. I do think that there's a difference between being a fan of a team and being a hardcore fan of a team that you're willing to spend $1,000 to go watch a team play. I will explain that one more time. There is a difference between saying, I am a Rams fan. I'm going to go out and buy a t-shirt and a hat and and sit in front of my TV and watch my team play. That's a fan, right? There's also the hardcore fan who's saying, I'm going to pay $800 for a nosebleed ticket, and I'm going to spend $200 for parking. So before I even walk into SoFi, I've already dropped $1,000 because I'm a hardcore fan. 
And come hell or high water, I'm going to spend whatever I have to spend. And by the way, if my team gets to the Super Bowl, I'm spending $7,000 because that's the cheapest ticket to the Super Bowl. There's a difference. And so I want to get your guys' view here because some people think I'm crazy. I'm saying there's Rams fans in Los Angeles, but there's not yet. Maybe that'll come in time. There's not hardcore fans that are willing to spend $1,000 to watch their team play on Sunday or – they're making profit off their season tickets by saying, hey, if I can uh, sell these tickets, get uh, two grand and basically pay off my season tickets and I can watch the game at home with my friends and family. I'm sorry, but I'm doing that. And if that makes me a bad fan to some people, that's OK, guys, your thoughts on that. And people saying that, again, the expectation is this will be a sea of red again. I don't think that's an indictment on Rams fans. I think. They've only been here for six years. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, Arash, the uh, fan base is growing. Um, I took a walk on the Strand because it was beautiful out yesterday um, after I got done with work. And you could actually see a lot of people wearing their Rams gear out, um, being proud to be Rams fans. But that being said, the Niner gang is out, guys. I mean, they're going to be, a lot of them live out here. A lot of them are willing to spend the money to go to those games. A lot of them are willing to travel as well to go to those games as well. So I, I agree with you, Arash. I think that we will see a lot of red. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, that there are a little bit more hardcore fans out there, but I'm not holding my breath to be honest with you. Uh, just growing up in LA, it's always been, um, something where you can jump on the bandwagon with the Lakers for the playoffs. You know, everybody will go and do that. But for the Rams, they haven't been here long enough. And they they just haven't, and they left and came back. Yeah. So it's it's definitely one of those things where you feel like loyalty isn't really there. I guess unless you are really truly like I have friends that are Dickerson Jersey era uh, Rams fans. So like, but those are so few and far between, right? Um, so the majority of Rams fans, I think they're brand new. Uh, it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time. I'm really hoping that maybe the Super Bowl will be the uh, the upswing and everybody. You know, we see a sea of blue out there, but I just I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. So, Buckets, I mean, talk about that with the like you know, with the uh, Chicago Bears. I mean, those fans have been there for seventy plus years. If the Bears go to the Super Bowl, you are going to have those fans show up. Why? Because it's a part of their blood. Their dad was a Bears fan. Their dad's dad was a Bears fan. You grow up with that. With the Rams, I'm sorry, you are like either two fans here. You either became a fan six years ago when they moved here. Or you're still in that, like, listen, I'm kind of a Rams fan. Like, they left me. They were gone in St. Louis for 21 years. Like, I kind of followed them in St. Louis, but I don't really give a damn about St. Louis. Like, it is hard to be a hardcore Rams fan. There are hardcore Rams fans there. But I'm just telling you, they are few and far between, and it's not a knock on them. They are in a very unique position. It is weird to have a hardcore Chargers fan kind of as well because listen you may have felt slighted that your team left San Diego and you're still a fan but you're still dealing with the emotional scar of your team leaving you right yeah I think that it's it's it takes time like you guys both said I think that the Rams are doing everything in their power to establish a strong fan base that would be able to spend that kind of money. I don't think they're there yet, but as Jihei mentioned, I, I, you know, being out and about this weekend, tons of Rams gear was, was being worn around Los Angeles that I saw. Um, and so I think that they're definitely in the right direction, but these things take time. You can't yeah. just expect it to happen overnight. 
Um, but I do believe that with the current trajectory that they're on within the next five years, I think that their fan base is going to multiply because we see it. Their fans are, are growing more and more passionate by the game, by the week. And that's the signs of something that's going to grow into something greater and something that's going to coincide with the Lakers and Dodgers in L.A. 100%. And it's moments like this that make you a hardcore fan. These are the moments that you remember. You remember where you were when the Rams had that big win against Tampa Bay to lead them to the conference championship game. You remember where you were where they beat the Saints and got to the Super Bowl. Now, like you know, the next step is to win the Super Bowl because those are the moments where you develop a connection with the fan base here. And if the Rams find a way, I mean, this is why these two games are so crucial for that franchise. If they win the championship, if the conference championship at SoFi, and then they win the Super Bowl at, at SoFi and have the first parade Los Angeles has had in over a decade. Again, the, remember, the Lakers and the Dodgers had did not have their parade. That would be huge. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about that big Rams game. The Rams moving on to the championship game right here on the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Again, the Rams are going to the NFC Championship game. They are hosting that game at SoFi Stadium. Um, I am in New York. We are. Um, I am in New York. We are doing the show remotely uh, this week. Uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Kings are on their Grammy trip. It's a trip that they, they make every year. And normally it makes sense because the Grammy Awards would be taking place this month at Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena. However, the Grammy Awards have not only been postponed, they have been moved. They will be taking place in April in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden. So there was no need for a crazy Grammy trip for all three teams this week. But I am on the road uh, covering the games here in New York and New Jersey. Yesterday, I was at the Clippers-Knicks games at Madison Square Garden and then went to the Kings-New Jersey Devils game at Prudential Center uh, tonight. Kings and the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Tuesday, Lakers-Nets at Barclays in Brooklyn. And then wrapping up Thursday, Kings and the New York Islanders at their brand new arena on uh, Thursday. And then heading back. And then, of course, Conference Championship Sunday. Uh, GA, it is obviously, surprisingly, not surprisingly, what the heck am I saying? Not surprisingly at all. It's extremely cold here in New York. You lived here. I don't know. Uh, I've, I've, I've been to a couple of cold weather cities this month, and I am so thankful and blessed that we all three live in the South Bay. I, I don't know how you did it. And you, Buckets, you were in Chicago. Just as cold. This is crazy, guys. Well, I feel like Chicago's colder, to be honest with yeah. you, because at least in New York, you can go to the um, the streets and you can get um, shaded from the cold, so to speak, from that wind chill. Because that wind chill is like everything. Uh, that wind chill makes 
your winners yeah. 10 times harder. So and I know it's, um, it's just a lot windier in Chicago. It's just colder in Chicago. I don't know how you guys stay so chipper either. So like, I, I think some Chicagoans are like the nicest people I've ever met in my life. So, um, but yeah, living in New York, I mean, that weather, it can't be fun for you. I mean, if you can take what New York used to be and put it in uh, Los Angeles, I don't, th- or and put the weather in to New York. I don't think anybody would leave New York because it is so much fun. No. Um, yeah, I mean, you must be. Other than the weather, are you even? Ha- are you having a great time? You have to be, Arash. Oh, I have to be. Listen, I mean, it's just great. I love Madison Square Garden, and I and I've been amazed for years. You know, because whenever they talk about the most valuable for franchises in professional sports, the Knicks are usually close to the top of that list. Um, And it totally makes sense. Listen, they are a below 500 team. They are not a great team. They are playing the Clippers, another below 500 team, playing without Kawhi, playing without Paul George. On a Sunday at 1 p.m., a divisional playoff Sunday, where if you're a sports fan, you're probably going to be at home or in front of a sports bar or something like that. And it was packed. It was totally sold out. It was an amazing atmosphere to go watch a game. The Knicks beat the Clippers yesterday, 110 102. I caught up with Ty Lu pregame, and it was just great to kind of see him. I, again, it's, it's just been hard to go to games with all the restrictions that we have in Los Angeles and things like that. I've, I was also, of course, keeping an eye on the Lakers Heat game, the Heat beating the Lakers 113 107. Um, but yeah, listen, uh, it, this is such a fun town. By the way, an- another kind of note about this. So I went to the D- Ducks game on. Friday night and uh, the attendance problems. And again, I think it's throughout sports. I know we're in a pandemic. I don't need to be reminded of that, but specifically to hockey, I've been amazed about the number of, of, of attendance problems teams have. I was at the Kings, New Jersey game last night, ton of empty seats. I was there Friday night to see the ducks and Tampa Bay again, Tampa Bay back to back Stanley cup champions. One of the co-favorites to win for a third time this year ton of empty seats uh again don't want to knock people for not going to games during a pandemic but it, it it really seems like it's it's very much so a hockey problem um a lot of the other leagues around uh, professional sports have recovered uh ga you're a hockey fan i mean i i don't know if it's just the sport i don't know if it's just sort of a, a a short-term thing, and again, I don't want to read too much into this during a time when we're dealing with a pandemic still, but um, again, most of these places are fully open, full capacity, tickets are available, and the seats are not being filled yet. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that because I'm fully okay with going out, but there are probably a lot of people out there that aren't you know, okay with going out. They probably just don't feel comfortable attending a, um, a game and spending money where they, maybe they don't think that they need to spend the money. Right. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a hockey problem because if you go to any other arena, I mean, granted LA it's, is different because traffic and what have you, but you're going to fill those seats. You're going to fill those butts in those seats. So I don't know why hockey is having such an issue. Um, but to your point, Arash, like uh, what you said earlier about New York and it being packed at MSG. I mean, it's going to be packed at every bar. It's going to be packed at every, you know, if you get a, t- a chance to go to the game, it's going to be, it's going to be packed because for those that have lived in New York or do live in New York, your, your apartment is a place to go and shower, change and sleep. 
you you live yeah. in the city, so to speak, yeah. right? So like you're That's actually going point. out and a lot more in New York, um, especially if things are wide open, especially probably if you're vaccinated as well over there because there's a lot of restrictions as well for um, vaccinated versus unvaccinated people, as we can obviously see with Kyrie Irving uh, constantly getting that barrage of questions. Um, so I just... I think that some people just aren't, com- maybe some people aren't comfortable and um, NHL, I think has different rules as well, I believe. Yeah. Right. As far as uh, COVID is concerned and as far as their protocol uh, for their fans and for their, uh, for their teams. Well, you know, the big thing was obviously in uh, Canada, you could not go to games. And I think that they are back to, if not yet close to coming back to 50% capacity at games. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, they fully went to no fans for a while, which was again, going back to where we were a year ago. So that was nuts. I also, by the way, we previewed the big fight. We uh, showed the, uh, we uh, had the press conference uh, for UFC 270, which took place at Honda Center on Saturday. I, I may, I, can say with some certainty I was the only person who was at UFC 270 hopped on a red eye to New York and was at the Clippers Knicks game that one I mean like 12 hours afterwards so uh UFC 270 was crazy Francis Ngannou keeping the heavyweight championship but now in a dispute with UFC in terms of what his future holds Dana White did not speak to the media post fight press conference that is the first time that I can remember that happening I mean Dana White is a fixture at those post fight press conferences not only that did not wrap the belt around Ninganu's waist once that fight was done an amazing atmosphere also at the Honda Center for that one we do have to talk about the Lakers and Buckets we talked about this Frank Vogel was this close and I'm putting my fingers right next to each other was this close to losing his job after the Lakers got blown out by the Denver Nuggets. He was effectively told as much that was leaked to the media. And when that was, when that happened, I I said, well, two things can't happen. The number one, he cannot have another bad loss. And number two, he can't just have a situation where he wins one, loses one, wins one, loses one. Well, since that Denver loss, they beat Utah, lost to, to the Pacers, beat Orlando, lost to Miami. So they're kind of doing what I said they can't do. Of course, the Pacers' loss was a ridiculously bad loss. The Pacers were are a below 500 team. Going into that game, they had only won three games away from home. Um, no surprise on the road so far. They had, they had to come back to beat the Orlando Magic first game of the road trip. They lose to the Heat, but they did not get blown out. It, it was a pretty good game. Um, going into Tuesday's game with Brooklyn, the big story here is Anthony Davis is expected to make his return against the Brooklyn Nets. So, Buckets, with Davis back, they're one and one on the road trip. What does Frank Vogel have to do to save his job? And what do the Lakers have to do to turn around their season? I think on this road trip, especially against a team like the Brooklyn Nets, you know, Brooklyn is 29 and 17. They're in second place in the East, but no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving at home. They should win that game. I know that that's maybe asking a lot for a 500 Lakers team, but the Lakers, if Anthony Davis does play tomorrow, like we expect him to, they are almost fully healthy besides Kendrick Nunn, who, you know, he hasn't played all year. This should be a win. Last night, they were down by 25, 26 points at one point, and they made an incredible rally that looked like it was going to end up in a win. Now, I give them some slack because, you know, 
that's a really good Miami team that is number one in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, they were missing some guys as well, uh, missing Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero. But still, for the, the way the Lakers competed last night, that's all we can ask for from this team because there's going to be some lapses without Anthony Davis. But the fact is, when they compete like that, you see a glimmer of hope. Now, the problem is that they still are playing guys in their rotation who probably shouldn't be playing, a.k.a. Trevor Ariza. I mean, I don't know what they need to see from him. I don't know what Frank Vogel needs to see at this point to see that Trevor Ariza should not be starting. And it probably should be Stanley Johnson at this point. But, you know, that's a separate topic. Maybe Anthony Davis coming back will take Ariza out of the rotation completely. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that that's my big thing. With Anthony Davis coming back, does that help settle some of the rotation questions? Because, again, he was, for the first time since he got hurt, questionable for the Heat game. So there was a chance that he could have played. They're going to give him a few more days off. He is expected, and we'll see if this uh, changes, but he is expected to make his return on uh, Tuesday, tomorrow night, against the Brooklyn Nets, and you just touched on it. Kyrie is out, not that he's hurt. He doesn't want to get vaccinated, so he's still going to be out. And then we have um, we have Kevin Durant. He's out for quite some time. So, I mean, that's going to be a really big game for the, for the Lakers to figure out if they can turn around their uh, season again. They are still in that play-in tournament bracket right now with the Clippers or sitting there at between 7 and 10 seeds right now. Let's uh, just kind of play out this road trip for the Lakers again on this Grammy road trip, playing at Brooklyn Tuesday night, then going to the Philadelphia 76ers Thursday, Friday night against the Charlotte Hornets, Sunday, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. tip here in Los Angeles. Perfect timing, actually. We're right before the big championship game at SoFi Stadium. They are at Atlanta to play the Hawks. Then they finally come back Wednesday February 2nd against Brooklyn. I mean, I got, again, we touched on it. What would be a successful road trip? And I we, I think we both agree. Like, I would, like, I'm not sure if this is a successful road trip, but I see three and three. I see them going three and three. Is that enough to save Frank Vogel's job? I think it is. But, you know, I mean, when, when you look at the rest of the road trip, do you agree three and three? I mean, they've already lost a game. Brooklyn's a coin flip, I guess, at this point. I think that the Brooklyn game is maybe as crazy as it sounds the the most winnable the rest of the trip because Philly is Joel Embiid is playing yeah. out of his mind and against this a team like the Sixers and this is the same thing against a guy like Jokic the Lakers probably depending on Anthony Davis they probably can only put Dwight Howard on a guy like Embiid and then the rest of the road trip is the Hornets who are, you know, the Hornets are going to be smelling blood on yeah. Friday. And then the Hawks have won four in a row. So they're starting to turn things around. So, yeah, I agree with you. A three and three trip right here. If I was Rob Palinka, that would save Frank Vogel's job temporarily. But the key word is temporarily because I honestly thought that that Indiana game was going to be it for him. And then it wasn't. So who knows what's going on in the minds of these the, the decision makers, because maybe, you know, last night, if that game went from a 25 point deficit to a 30 point loss, which it looked like it would, yeah. maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation. Maybe he would have already lost his job. So again, it's a game by game basis. If they were to get blown out by the Brooklyn Nets, maybe that'll do it. 
Um, maybe if they get a blowout win, maybe that saves him for, for another week. But the, the back and forth of it all is just, it has to be so frustrating if you're Frank Vogel. No doubt about that. Uh, just a reminder, guys, we do have a hotline here. Uh, the number is 310-400-0340. That number again, 310-400-0340. I'll do it one more time. 310-400-0340. We will be giving out tickets for the Kings, for the uh, for the Kings, the Clippers, and including the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, all three teams at Crypto.com Arena, we will have tickets. Uh, for those games, just leave us uh, your name, where you're calling from, question, hot take. We will pick uh, someone to win those uh, tickets. And, uh, you know, GA, we love hearing from the great people out there. I think the, the hotline's the best way to go. You said for a while, Arash Markazi show at Gmail, because we're cool like that. But, GA, we love hearing from the fans, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite things um, is to check those emails and um, now check the hotline. So please keep your emails coming, guys, and keep your um, and please use the hotline because it is kind of cool to hear everybody uh, on there. And I'd love to eventually get people on on the show, like their voice is actually on the show so we can uh, hear your wonderful voices and you don't have to just listen to mine, uh, (laughs) say the hotline and the and the. uh, Gmail account. So uh, please, guys, send in your uh, questions, your emails, all that good stuff. Uh, comments also. I'm down with listening to those too. I don't know if Arash and Armand are, but uh, positive and negative feedback, always appreciated. Yeah. yeah, listen, happy to hear any questions, comments, concerns, critiques. Critiques are fine. No problem with that. Um, but yeah, going into, uh, we got the uh, Kings, New York Rangers hockey game tonight. Big game tomorrow night, Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Lakers. But the game that everyone's talking about is going to be happening on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. The Rams, for for them to have this moment, I think is so critical for them in this juncture, in this franchise's history. Because a lot of people talk about, you know, they mortgage their future. Look at all those first-round draft picks they gave up. I mean, they have no future they are doing all this now because they spent $5 billion on SoFi Stadium. They built that palace because they want it to be the home of the National Football League. They want that to be in the rotation for the Super Bowl, every big event that the National Football League has. They want that to be the home away from home. Effectively, like every five years, we're going to have the Super Bowl. We're going to get the draft. We're going to get the Pro Bowl. We're going to get all these events. But for them to build a fan base in Los Angeles, they know Los Angeles, the only currency that matters is championship wins, championship success. That's why the Lakers are popular. The Dodgers are popular. USC football, UCLA basketball. Those teams became popular over time because they won and they won consistently. They were contenders. They made the the, the city proud. And, uh, you know, they gave them moments like they gave the fans on Sunday. Again, that those are the games that when you think back, you're like, how did you become a Rams fan? When did you become a Rams fan? You became a fan because of those moments. You know, I became a fan. I'm just saying, for example, I became a fan because they, you know, they moved to Los Angeles or I became a fan because they beat the Saints in the conference championship game. And I thought that was so exciting. I became a fan because they played in the Super Bowl. They, they lost the Super Bowl, but it was a good game. And I became a Rams fan. Um, 
you fast forward to this past season, you know, they, the way that they beat the Cardinals in the wild card game, first ever Monday night football playoff game. Um, you know, that game against Tampa Bay, if they find a way to beat San Francisco, go on to play in the Super Bowl, a home Super Bowl, the very first Super Bowl in Los Angeles in 30 years. These are the moments. So when people talk about they're mortgaging the future, the Rams knew that they had to be successful in Los Angeles from the jump. The Raiders, everyone wants to talk about this, and I don't want to diminish their fan base here because I do believe it is very big. But they became a, a Los Angeles team. Why? Because they won a Super Bowl within a couple of years of moving here. They moved here in 1982, and then a couple of years after that, they won the Super Bowl. But the fact of the matter is, folks, though, they've been gone for 30 years. They haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. If you want to say a team that was born in Oakland, spent 45 years in the Bay, now calls Las Vegas home, if you want to say they run L.A., that, that That's your opinion. I don't think so. I think a team that plays in Los Angeles, represents Los Angeles, is in the community, gives back to the community. That team represents Los Angeles. That team runs Los Angeles. But that, that the, the, the fan base grows over time. You can't just move to Los Angeles and say, hey, we run it here. No, 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 no. Listen, you were gone for 21 years. Things changed when you were gone. All right, but it's beginning to flip. It's beginning to turn. And the turn begins when you give back. What does giving back mean? Giving back means that you put the best product out on the field. You make the trade for Matthew Stafford. You get the Todell Beckham Jr. You get Von Miller. You make these big moves. And at the end of the day, you put yourself in a position where Los Angeles Los Angeles is hosting the NFC Championship game. Los Angeles is hosting the Super Bowl. And if you want to win over Los Angeles, what do you do? You win those games. You win the big games. The Lakers became Los Angeles' team because they won those games. The Dodgers became Los Angeles' team because they won those games. So if the Rams want to win over Los Angeles, they win the NFC Championship game. They beat San Francisco. And they go on to the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl. And a couple of days after that, they give this city a parade, a parade that we haven't had in a long, long time, a parade that we really wanted when the Lakers and the Dodgers won. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if the Rams are up to the challenge and can be Los Angeles' team. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.